Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Arms held wide. If we're going to fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're going to stand, we stand as giants. If we're going to walk, we walk as lions. Well, again, good morning, and thank you for listening to Mornings Again Without Carmen here on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot, usually her faithful producer, but today I'm on the host side of the studio. Uh, Brian Mitchell is again doing his magic or doing the magic with the board and all that. So thank you, all Brian. the magic that you taught me, Paul. So <laughs> anything no, no, that I do, plenty. you are to blame. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the blame <laughs> and all the credit at the same time. So yes. do not pay no attention to the producer behind the mic or behind the board. It's it's just, yeah. It's it, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. That's all I know. Anyway, hey, thanks again for joining us. So where in the world are you? That's what Carmen often asks at this time. I want to continue that. And, of course, today at Faith Radio, our Growing Your Faith verse, Proverbs 3. Again, we were there at 5 and 6 yesterday. Today, verses 7 and 8. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing in your body and strength for your bones. You know what I find interesting about this? If you find yourself saying... I know God says this, but, you know, I want to do that or do this anyway. This is an important verse for you because go down the list of the Ten Commandments. Go through the Sermon on the Mount. You know, God says, honor your father and mother, but I want to blank. You know, God says not to bear false witness, but, you know, if I put the digs in that person, kind of put them in a bad light, it's going to look good for me, Right. This first ties, and this I find so interesting, this first ties our moral decisions with our physical well-being and flourishing. Did you notice that? Because when you do so, when you do not trust your own wisdom or be impressed with your own wisdom, fear the God, turn away from evil, you'll find healing for your body and strength for your bones. There's that, that physical well-being and flourishing that comes tied to our moral decisions. Could it be, I could be wrong, but... The more I look at God's creational order, the more and more I see that God really has baked his moral order into his creation. So the more we align with his moral teachings, the more we actually align with the creation itself, the more we tend to flourish and help others do so. Now, that's a long discussion we could go into, but let's just leave that there. The bottom line is this. There's a lot of conflicting so-called wisdom out there, but again, trusting God's wisdom not being impressed with our own, but trusting his, his skillful design for the creation, which is interesting because, because in the Hebrew language, the word for wisdom also means skillful. So the more we turn away from our designs and go with God's, the more we turn away from evil, which goes against God and his design, we bring about flourishing for ourselves and for others. I could be wrong, but that's what I see when I look at that. And I'd like to hear what your thoughts are, maybe telling us where you are in the Word today. You can always text us that during Mornings with Carmen, actually, anytime, at 877-933-2484. Some pray the, hashtag pray the news items here. Sad news out of, uh, out of Indiana. Congresswoman Jackie 
Wolorski and three others, three staffers dying in a car crash outside of Fort Wayne yesterday. A northbound passenger car traveled left to center and collided head-on with uh, Wolorski's southbound utility sport utility vehicle, according to Elkhart County Sheriff's Office. Wolorski's office confirmed the news with a post on Twitter. In the tweet, they said she has returned home to her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please keep her family in your thoughts and prayers. Jackie is survived by her husband, Dean Swired. Keep them in prayer. Also, keep the prayers about the uh, the wildfires out west. Some good news. Crews are finally slowing the spread of the Northern California's massive McKinney fire. The state's largest wildfire of the season is blamed for four deaths so far since the flames first erupted last Friday. Near the border of Oregon, nearly 58,000 acres have been scorched. So pray for the workers there. In some other news, uh, Biden yesterday announcing he's going to sign an executive order allowing HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services, to probe using Medicaid to pay for expenses for traveling for those seeking abortions. It's just they're just probing it at this point. But again, it's all part of this post real world we're living in right now. With uh, so much contention on on both sides, especially on the pro-abortion side, trying to find ways to circumvent it. We'll talk more about that with Ben. Actually, kind of a cool good news item on this front. And this is, I think, long overdue. Salute to Georgia. Now recognizing fetuses as dependents on tax returns. Yeah. You don't have to wait for the baby's due date. I, I My brother Donald was born right on January 1st. It's like, I couldn't have been born a couple of uh, days earlier or a day earlier, a few hours earlier. And, you know, they, my dad and mom could have gotten the tax break earlier. But anyway, that aside. Well, it is Thursday. And with that means Ben Johnson, the rights writer, is up next here on Faith Radio on Mornings with Carmen as we go through some of the recent headlines, looking at, again at some of this post row upheaval that we're going through and a lot of contention plus headlines around pelosi's visit to taiwan why is china acting the way they're acting we're going to talk about that because i love the way that uh, ben will help us think deep historically about this because that's just kind of the kind of guy he is anyway we'll be having ben with us in just a few moments i'm paul again thanks for listening to mornings with carmen on faith radio A right given by God To live a free life To live in freedom Well, again, thank you for joining us on Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul Perot filling in again today and tomorrow. Carmen will be back on Monday. But it's Thursday, and I'm so glad because that means Ben Johnson gets to join us. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? Great to be with you as always. It is it's good. Always a pleasure, and and particularly to talk to, uh, with you on this side of the air. That's true. Usually, we're just talking to each other on the other side. You know, talking behind everybody's back, and uh, so now we're talking in front of people's backs. Or, yeah, indeed, Any, indeed. Anyway. And, uh, even even into their ears, and hopefully speaking into their hearts and spirits. Too. I hope so too. Now, let's look at now. This morning, as people are waking up here in the U.S. 
Nancy Pelosi, after visiting Taiwan, was in Taipei. She's currently in uh, in uh, Seoul, South Korea, on, on her tour of the uh, of the Far East. Yesterday's visit to uh, to Taipei caused a lot of anger on the part of China. And okay, a lot of times you, we kind of put things in just broad categories: China bad, yeah, they're angry. Enough said. There's more to it, really. There, let's dig deep. What's the history behind the contention between China and Taiwan? Well, you know, it goes back uh, almost 100 years, to be honest with you. Oh, really? The, uh, it, it begins when they were all Chinese uh, mm-hmm. in mainland China. And the, the leader of uh, China at that time was a man named Chiang Kai-shek, the head of the Nationalist Party. And uh, his rival was a man who a lot of people would know named Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong uh, led a communist rebellion against him uh, beginning in 1927. They paused and worked together, quote unquote, uh, although the communists let the nationalists do most of the heavy lifting in fighting the Japanese during World War II. And then with uh, a lot of assistance from the Soviet Union, the um, the uh, Maoists ended up taking over the country. And uh, Chiang Kai-shek and his party fled to Taiwan uh, and uh, formed a party called the Kuomintang. Uh, they, that's the official name of uh, the party in Taiwan. And uh, for many years, we recognized Taiwan or the Republic of China as the official government of China. Mm-hmm. We always believed that they would return. They would take the country back. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen. So uh, China, through the years, has gradually displaced uh, Taiwan in uh, U.S. foreign policy, beginning with Richard Nixon in the Sino-Soviet split when he and Kissinger went over to try and turn the, the Chinese against the Russians and successfully uh, worked the two against one another for many years. And now that uh, uh, we essentially have uh, recognized the one China claim uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, party in Beijing, we uh, we have said that essentially we believe that they are one country. China has always said they are one country and Taiwan is just a breakaway province and they ultimately reserve the right to reclaim Taiwan at any moment. So anything that recognizes Taiwan as an independent country threatens the very um, myth that goes behind the founding of the People's Republic of China. Hmm. And I'm looking at it because you mentioned Nixon and the decision to recognize uh, the Chinese Communist Party as and mainland China as the official China instead of Taiwan. I heard a phrase, maybe you can explain it a bit better, I heard a phrase uh, about having diplomatic, um, oh, I should have written this down, but uh, ambiv- a strategic ambiv- ambivalence. Yes, or, a st- strategic ambiguity, yes. Ambiguity, that's the word, that's, yes. Yes, and basically that took place beginning in 1979 with President Carter. Um, you know, over time we, we recognized Taiwan, uh, we, we had recognized Taiwan, instead we recognized Beijing, and uh, we signed a, um, a, a passed a piece of legislation signed by Jimmy Carter, uh, essentially laying out that uh, we would always um, stand by Taiwan, although it didn't necessarily say that uh, we would we would actually get into military uh, um, difficulties with China should that come about. Instead, it always said that we reserve the right to engage militarily if China attacks Taiwan. And that was a pretty big threat when we had a much larger military than they do. But at this point, uh, some military uh, analysts wonder whether we could even defeat China on our current terms. And all U.S. military analysts with whom I am familiar say the United States can no longer win a two-front war, which is a problem because we're essentially in one. 
the United States has forward troops in NATO, uh, according to uh, leaks that are coming out, uh, and and they are disputed, but uh, they they sound very credible. The United States is involved in helping Ukraine uh, choose Russian targets. Essentially, the United States is at war with Russia, uh, without anyone ever having voted for it, and at the same time. China is is uh, pressuring, as you can see, after Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan, uh, they have discharged weapons within 10 miles uh, of the coast of Taiwan. Mm. They buzzed the island many, many times. So uh, this is a highly provocative move. And many people would say that we have uh, at, at least a moral obligation and, and uh, potentially a murky legal obligation to defend Taiwan. You have to see how this plays out in the coming weeks, no question, but uh, definitely something to keep in prayer. And I, I keep thinking about uh, again, the churches, and uh, both in Taiwan and in China, and mm. just praying for their strength during this time, so they can they can be the light in their respective countries. Amen. Uh, you know, it, it will not be long. Uh, I've said this on the program before, but I'm not the only one to have said it. It won't be long until China is the largest Christian nation in the world. Uh, certainly not reflected in this government, but in terms of its population and the number of believers, mm-hmm. the sheer enormity of the population of China means that, and the gospel is spreading so quickly, even underground, even when it's repressed and persecuted, that uh, many of our brothers are over there at this point, our brothers and sisters in faith are worshiping Christ uh, with us as part of that invisible mystical church that uh, is formed by all believers who mm-hmm. truly are incorporated into that body. So it's very important for us to pray for peace everywhere, not merely in Jerusalem, but for the peace of the whole world. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see as the church grows. I mean, sooner or later, it's like it did in the Roman Empire. It's going to influence things, and who knows? God knows. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're talking with Ben Johnson, the rights writer, who also is a senior writer and editor at The Washington Stand. You can find that at WashingtonStand.com. When we come back, again, I was wondering what would happen. I know we all did, but when the Supreme Court finally overturned Roe, the backlash, the the vitriol, continues. We'll look at a couple of news stories, uh, including Kansas. Just a few days ago on Tuesday had a primary election, but they also voted on the so-called, well, it was called the Value Them Both Amendment, which unfortunately didn't pass. We'll talk about that amendment, maybe some of the reasons why it didn't pass, but also some other news on the pro-life front. When we continue here on Mornings with Carmen with, uh, well, Ben Johnson as our guest right now. I'm Paul. This is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here and We all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com.
Well, again, thank you for tuning in to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot. One thing we like to do here on Mornings with Carmen is help you apply the mind of Christ, the whole counsel of God's Word, to the matters of the day. A lot of culture stuff is what we talk about, which is cool because this week at MyFaithRadio.com, this is the final week of the biggest book bundle giveaway ever, and we have bundles of books to help you think through the issues of our culture and our world, applying a biblical mindset, a Christian worldview to these issues Would you like to win a bundle of books to help you do just that? Well, go to our website and sign up for your opportunity to win at MyFaithRadio.com. Let's get back to our conversation with Ben Johnson, the rights writer. And uh, Ben, this past Tuesday, it was an interesting attempt. Kansas, Red Kansas, people say, said no by about, I think last I heard it was 61% was the vote against the Value Them Both Amendment. Now, for those of us not in Kansas, what did the amendment say? Well, none of us is in Kansas anymore, that's for sure. The, uh, the <laughs> Thank you, Dorothy. Yeah, or, or, or Amendment 2, as, uh, as it was known on the ballot. Uh, the Value Them Both Amendment essentially said that uh, it, it was there to correct a 2019 Supreme Court ruling from the Kansas Supreme Court. Uh, of course, Roe v. Wade said that there was a right to abortion in the U.S. Constitution, which is nowhere to be found in the text. Kansas actually had an even more egregious decision yet. Uh, They said that uh, the Kansas decision, uh, the Kansas Constitution, uh, in its clause that guarantees the right to life, liberty, and uh, the pursuit of happiness, guarantees the right to an abortion. So the right to life means the right to an abortion, if if you're following that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, 180 degrees wrong, uh, but that essentially kept the state from passing certain kinds of uh, regulations and protections for unborn life. So this would have clarified that there is no right to abortion in the Kansas state constitution. As you mentioned, it went down uh, very badly, uh, really for a couple of reasons. Of course, there was a lot of out-of-state money uh, at play, and uh, that, that certainly had a, a, a very important uh, aspect uh, in, in the, uh, in the uh, outcome here. Uh, the likely, they were outspent by the negative side, uh, which was almost entirely made up of people like Planned Parenthood, uh, the Center for Reproductive Rights, uh, and NARAL, Pro-Choice America, and the ACLU, those were uh, the largest donors, as well as a, 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 a dark money group that is associated with the Democratic Party. So those were the uh, the big players on that side. Uh, however, there was, there was uh, the issue of the wording of the amendment itself was not very clear. If you read it, it was not clear what it was that you were voting for. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't uh, exactly say what it was that was being overturned. And then uh, the, the other thing that we always have to understand, and as Christians and believers, we don't always anticipate this, is simply the amount of pure lying that takes place in politics. Uh, we can't fathom it. But, for example, uh, President Biden said it uh, the other day, the, uh, yesterday, uh, after the uh, Kansas election, he said the Kansas Constitution contains a right to abortion. They were trying to remove it. Well, there's no such right. They no. were trying to remove it. Uh, and and uh, they also said this would enact a complete ban on all abortion statewide. It wouldn't have enacted any kind of ban. It simply would have said we have the right to enact legislation down the road. It wouldn't have changed the law at all, except to allow them to change the law. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's the kind of uh, sleight of hand that was at work here. I think when people understand uh, the issues better, when they're a little bit better worded, and when we're better at rebutting uh, the uh, negative and, and uh, often deceptive comments of the other side, we'll prevail. Okay. Now, in looking at a news article, maybe I have it wrong, but Kansas already has in their own book some restrictions on abortion. They do. 
uh, for example, uh, after uh, I believe it's uh, 22 weeks uh, is is the limit there. It's uh, something that they were able to get by with uh, under the uh, Roe Casey status quo, mm-hmm. uh, and and of course this case came up uh, before Dobbs. So this this was something that they were looking at long before the uh, the Dobbs decision played out. But uh, yeah, they will be a little bit more in line with where people are looking. Uh, you know, the vast majority of people are against third trimester abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, most are against second trimester abortions. And uh, so they want to bring the law more in line with the views of the American people. Okay. One more news item on the pro-life front, and this goes to Idaho, where the U.S. Justice Department, the Department of Justice, sued Idaho regarding its pro-life laws. Explain that. Yeah, it, this one's a little bit more difficult to uh, go through other than to say perhaps it's it's merely a legislative hurdle or a bureaucratic and judicial hurdle uh, to a law that has been passed and uh, was about to go into effect on August 25th. Uh, the law in Idaho is always called a near total ban on abortion, which means uh, it's uh, it's against abortion in every case except uh, rape incest or to save the life of the mother. So that's what would have taken uh, place, but uh, instead the, uh, the Justice Department uh, under Attorney General Merrick Garland, sued, saying that it violates a 1986 law called the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, uh, EMTLA. But uh, I think that they're stretching this beyond all recognition because the uh, if you read that act very carefully, it distinguishes clearly between uh, a pregnancy delivery and a miscarriage on one hand versus an abortion on the other. Uh, so what, what uh, they are talking about uh, they, they're saying that that law requires doctors to treat women who are in who are in need, who are in uh, grave necessity. And that might include uh, uh, performing uh, uh, an abortion to save a, mo- a mother's life. And essentially, Idaho said we already have that in our law. So this is going to play out uh, down the line. And of course, the state of uh, jurisprudence is that. Uh, Essentially, we are no longer Lex Rex, that the law is king, but uh, essentially it depends on who the judge is. Uh, so the judge himself becomes king in terms of whether the law is respected uh, or whether it is rejected based on uh, his private view all too often. Yeah, I'm kind of going one side is saying it does say there's protections for women and health issues. The other side, and it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, can't it's we both murky. read? <laughs> As, uh, and, and sometimes people are not so interested in seeing what's uh, before their eyes if it uh, gets in the way of where they would like yeah. their feet to take them. You know, OK, do this real quickly, but it's just I see, OK, we had the pendulum swing one way. It's swinging the other. Do you see things stabilizing, hopefully somewhere in the future? I do, but I don't see it stabilizing in the middle. Uh, I see it stabilizing basically as we're seeing it today, where in some states you're going to have a quote-unquote near-total ban, because I think that those will win in court, ultimately, uh, if if justice prevails, and, and the arc of history is long, but it does bend toward justice. And on the other hand, you'll have states like California and New York, which uh, talk about making themselves an abortion sanctuary, mm. where abortion is legal and funded by the taxpayer up through the ninth month of pregnancy. Uh, and of course, that, that language, of course, is highly idolatrous. If we worship Christ in a Christian sanctuary, uh, what do we worship in an abortion sanctuary? Mm. Good question. Ben, thank you again for joining us here on Mornings with Carmen. Now it's good to hear your voice. Good to be with you as always, and uh, you're doing a great job. Always good to speak with you and Carmen and Peter. All right. Well, Carmen will be back next week, and so you can have fun with her next time. And we'll talk behind people's backs again. (laughs) Something like that. I can hardly wait. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Ben. This is Mornings with Carmen. Up next, Max Lucado.
This is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul filling in for Carmen today and again tomorrow here on Faith Radio. Okay, maybe you've memorized Psalm 119. That's a long one. That has all the different, you know, admonitions about God's Word. It's a big acrostic poem. And one of the verses is Psalm 119, 114. You are my place of safety and my shield. Your word is my only hope. I... I don't think that's what it was meant by this story, but this is interesting. Out of Ukraine, a Ukrainian pastor shared the story that the Bible literally saved one of his one of his parishioners' lives. The book was in her bag, and it stopped a fragment of a shell. A bomb exploded two meters from Svetlana, the pastor writes on his Facebook feed. One of the fragments hit the lady on the side, but the bag with the Bible, changed the fragment's direction and slowing it down enough so her injuries were minor. Yeah, the word is our shield. I just, okay, take it which direction you want. Well, okay, it is the first Thursday of the month, and with that, Kathy Branzell will be joining us. After all, the first Thursday in May is the National Day of Prayer. Kathy is the chairwoman for the National Day of Prayer Task Force. She'll be joining us as we talk about praying especially this month as we're looking at kids going back to school. Praying for our schools so important. That and more with Kathy here on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Well, again, thanks for joining us this Thursday morning on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. First Thursday of the month, which is one of the reasons we like talking. Well, actually, when we do, we have first Thursday. That's, should I start this over? I think so. It's the first Thursday of the month, and we like talking every first Thursday with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. <laughs> Kathy, help me. <laughs> Good early, early morning to you. Well, and to you, and to you. It's actually your Eastern time. You've been up a little longer. Well, no, I don't say that because I've been up since about three. I'm an early riser. There you go. I'm not a late night talk show girl. (laughs) Good, good, good. Well, okay. We love talking with you because, you know, I personally, I've become more and more convinced, you know, the term prayer warrior is true. I mean, I I always thought of it as kind of that hackneyed phrase we use, but no, when you really Mm -hmm. dig into like the Lord's Prayer or the Kingdom Prayer, depending on how you like to, how you like to call it, it's a it's a prayer. It's a it's a war cry in many respects. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Absolutely. go ahead. Well, I, yeah, last month when we were talking off air, you like to keep telling. I'm the producer usually. I'm talking behind people's back with the with the guests, and um, we were talking about an event you went were going to in well last month. Now you have gone to as a Christian World Congress. You were in Ireland last month for a little while. I want to get a little summary of that. What was happening there? Wow. So um, this event takes place every two years and was actually combined this year with another event that we're usually involved with, with the Payne Stewart Foundation. Uh, If you guys remember Payne Stewart, the golfer and, um, you know, became a Christian late in life. But um, and then the his tragic death um, on that airplane. Um, But just really this great group of mostly uh, business people and um, and then chaplains what was really interesting about this is uh, chaplains in various uh, sports and business um, and so kind of a different crowd than uh, I usually get to run with and so what an honor to get to go people from 
Iceland and Switzerland and, you know, all these places I may never get to go. I'd never been to Ireland. And uh, just a few things that God showed me. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> I mean, uh, we we as Americans uh, may think that we're very unique, but in our day in and day out, the way our heart beats, the things that we're concerned about, the things that we love, um, you know, God really knit us together in his image. And, and we really have to start looking at people as, first of all, image bearers. And second of all, all the things we really have in common and um, how we can pray for each other that way, how we can pray around the world. Now, there were people there from the Ukraine, mm. so that was very compelling um, and, and lots to pray about there. Um, and interestingly, a person from Russia. Oh. And so just thinking through um, how we look at each other, how we can learn from each other's lives, how we can learn from each other's loves, and what we can learn from each other's pain um, as you know, we live on this earth together and really the mission field that we are to each other and the ministry that we're supposed to be to each other. Was there one person that really, in interacting with them, just gotcha? Um, the, there, there was a couple there from the, from the Ukraine mm -hmm. who had been missionaries to the Ukraine. They weren't Ukrainian, had been missionaries to the Ukraine and, um, had a young daughter who was still there as a missionary and they were going back there and she, um, is there, uh, taking medi you know, medicine and, um, other supplies. She's there transporting war relief mm. um, as a young, young 20-something. And they were fearless. <laughs> I would I would love to believe I'm fearless. Um, I, I, God's allowed me to do some pretty wow um, things. But they're, you know, they're, she's just there doing what she believes God called her to do to show love, and um, I don't want to say she doesn't care if she dies, but her life is not her first thought. She's smart, she's careful, but she's on mission, and her life is not her own, and that it, it, that whole family was living that way. Um, it, it, and then an Esther moment, if I perish, I perish. Mm. And that, that was very convicting to me of, what am I more concerned about than the mission that God's called me to? I've been praying into that. Do you have a name? What's her a first name or anything for her so others can pray for her? Yeah, Allie. Allie. Mm -hmm. Pray for Allie. She's, she's amazing, isn't she? Yes. Mm. Yes. We're talking with Kathy Brancell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force, like doing that every th first Thursday of the month. Now... <laughs> Kathy, you and I are about the same age. You remember Randy Stonehill? Um, the singer? Remind me. He was a singer, you know? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Randy Stonehill. Yes, There's one yes, song yes. he had, Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. There was a phrase in there that I thought about when I read your article about In God We Trust. Mm. We take our loftiest intentions and engrave them all neatly in stone, and once they're safely up there, we'd prefer they just leave us alone. 
Yes. <sighs> this past weekend was a big, well, it was an anniversary of of In God We Trust, right? Right. Becoming our motto here in the United States. 66 years ago. And that prompted you to think about In God We Trust. <laughs> Do we really? Tell us about right. your your uh, your thoughts there. Yeah, and I think that, you know, maybe the connection point was even Allie and her family. Mm. Um, we, you know, we've printed it on paper and it's, you know, minted on our coins and, uh, you know, engraved in lofty places. And I really just started thinking, Lord, do I really trust you? Is that is that just a motto or is it really how I live my life? And um You know, he just took me on this journey between the words wait and hesitate, Mm -hmm. because so many times we say, oh, we're waiting on the Lord and the Lord, (laughs) you you can hear him go, no, really, I'm waiting on you. Um, And and certainly there are there are times there are things that we ask for, desires of our heart, decisions we need to make. And boy, do we need to wait. You know, only a fool rushes in. Only a fool runs ahead and says, come on, God, keep up. (laughs) You know, come bless this mess that I've made over here without consulting you first. Um, But really, there are a lot of things that that God has commanded. It's in his character. It's in his word. Um, And he, he has clarified with us, compelled us. And instead of saying, um, I'm waiting, the truth is I'm hesitating. <laughs> or, that, that, yeah. or as you, you wrote in that article, manipulating the situation. Yes, yes. You know, am I, am I hesitating? Am I manipulating? Or, uh, you know, and in the, in the difference in that uh, was just kind of this moment of realizing, um, which one am I doing? So if you're waiting, you're anticipating the Lord to work, um, to the Lord's preparing, the Lord's greater yes if he has said no. When you're waiting, you are waiting um, in the Lord, on the Lord. And it's not that I quit participating in life. Uh, The waiting room of of heaven isn't uh, sit down and do nothing and binge something on Netflix. It's that we keep doing what we know he's called us to do. Uh, He might have something else to teach us, something else to show us, uh, something else we need to learn before we step into his yes. Um, But when I'm hesitating, there is uh, there's something, an unsettling in my heart. There's a fear I need to face. There's a manipulation. um, And and he's saying, no. Um, I need you to get up and accelerate and participate. Um, I've commanded you to go and make disciples. I've, I've, you know, made made this way clear, and and we can even talk about that stepping into back to school. But am I really trusting him, or is he just a cool T-shirt that I wear? That's <laughs> so. uh, that. You, you, now you're getting personal here. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting because one of the key verses you have in your article, which, by the way, is at nationaldayofprayer.org, um, talking about In God We Trust. Um, you used, again, the famous verse out of Proverbs, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which was our share the, share your, our grow your faith verse yesterday, and then we continued with verses uh, 7 and 8 today, but 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. 
So mm-hmm. it just came at the right time, Kathy. It just you know God orchestrated this with her with her the with her. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, Kathy Branzell and I will continue our conversation in just a bit. My wife is a second grade teacher in a public school, and let me tell you, they need your prayers. They need your prayers. And we're going to talk about that in about 90 seconds here as Mornings with Carmen continues on Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. You're my defender. You fight for me. I will remember. Again, this is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. If you're new to Faith Radio, maybe this is one of the first times you listen. You're going, okay, who are these guys? I want to know more about them. Well, first off, go to MyFaithRadio.com. Lots of information about us there. But also, you can request your own welcome pack if you're a new listener with a free welcome pack gift and more. Again, request your free welcome pack at MyFaithRadio.com. I'm Paul Perot filling in for Carmen, Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer. We love talking to you every month, Kathy. And this is an important month. As I mentioned before, my wife is a second grade teacher. She hangs with a lot of teachers, as you can understand. And as they're getting ready for the school year, there's so much. The past two years with COVID and then hearing about, well, there's all the stuff that happens around that, the interplay with various worldviews, and then you have increasing violence in schools, Uvalde. That mm-hmm. shocked a lot we of teachers. Yeah. It feels like we were just talking about that. I can't believe how fast the summer went by. Yeah. It's just gone crazy. It's just gone wild. And as we get ready for the upcoming school year, um, Prayer is so necessary. As a matter of fact, on, on Monday, Kathy, we Carmen talked with Sally Burke from Moms in Prayer, mm-hmm. and Love I know her. you you know them. And you know, with the school year ahead, this is really a time to talk about. Now, you as not so much an outsider, but you're a good friend of Sally's. Oh yes, tell yes. us. Tell and I us. was a Moms in Prayer mom for twenty something years, so love, love, love Moms in Prayer. Well, tell us about that ministry a bit more. I know we heard about them, but can you briefly summarize? Because you had an experience as the prayer mom you talked about. Uh, I did. So I was the prayer mom um, and uh, was first involved and then led. Uh, It was then called Moms in Touch. Right. um, And and Moms in Prayer. And it was just uh, an incredible opportunity to meet every week outside of the school um, in my home with other moms from that school to pray for the school. Um, It was not a place to gossip. It was not a place to talk about what was wrong with our principal or, you know, anything like that. It was a place to press in, to take our school, to take our teachers, our superintendent to the throne room of heaven and to pray God's kingdom come and will be done at that school. We prayed for safety even way back then. We, um, you know, prayed over the curriculum. We prayed for teachers' marriages and families. We prayed for upcoming events. It was a pray for 
um, you know, it was it was very strengthening to many people's prayer lives to remember that we call down blessing and we call down God's will and we call down God's plan um, in prayer. We don't speak curses um, in prayer, and uh, just love love, love, moms in prayer, such a powerful ministry. And then, you know, loving our teachers. And so, uh, you know, we would uh, several times a month take goodies and leave them uh, in the in the teacher's lounge, leave uh, various notes of encouragement to them, participated as volunteers there. So what a, what a great ministry. We're so grateful to them. You know, I was a teacher for 10 years and actually started out in ministry with teacher prayer groups in public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so prayer uh, is is um, vital mm. for, for our schools every single day. You know, every uh, May, the one one month that we don't have you on the first uh, Thursday in May is May, or first, yeah, first Thursday month is in May because you're busy that day with the National Day of Prayer, but we have you come on afterwards and tell us glory stories. And I don't know if you can remember any, but you said you were that uh, one of those moms in prayer, prayer moms. Mm-hmm. Any glory stories you remember back when you were um, a prayer mom? Oh, well, let me just tell you a personal one. Okay. So um, my son was um, kind of small for his age, and he was the youngest one in his class. Um, and one of the things that they had to do was uh, go all the way across the monkey bars. Mm. Um, uh, and and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He was being made fun of. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And um, and the coach called me one day, um, just kind of laughing. And he said, well, uh, he said, I just, just wanted you to know so you can be prepared to celebrate that uh, as uh, today was the last day, for the kids to make it across the monkey bars and Chandler got up there and had his hand on the bars. And I said, Chandler, are you going to make it today? And he said, yes, sir. Today's prayer. Uh, t- mom's touching prayer day. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he swung across those monkey bars like a monkey and, um, and made it all the way across. And he said, it, it was interesting. He goes, I've tried to motivate him. We've applauded him. Uh, we, you know, I, I threatened him. You gotta do this. You know, you're gonna, gonna get a bad grade in PE. He said, I've tried everything except to let him know that his mommy's praying for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on mommy's prayer day, he made it, but there are so many, uh, you know, where, um, uh, those who have been opposed to prayer, those who have been kind of nasty to the teachers that were praying, uh, ended up coming to teacher prayer groups and saying, hey, will you pray for me? There were marriages reconciled. Mm. And even on this National Day of Prayer, uh, there's a glory story um, coming out, or that did come out about, you know, students leading in prayer on the National Day of Prayer. Mm. And we want to be praying for Christian communities on campuses as students step back on uh, to their campus, that they would find their community in um, in fellow Christians, and that iron would strength, strengthen iron, sharpen iron, um, and that teachers would come together and pray together, and that parents would come together, and that we would be prayer walking our schools even before they start. Uh, here in Georgia, schools already started, mm-hmm. but um, you know, around the country, there's so many things that we can do to pray every day. Um, to have prayer inside and outside the schools for the students, for the decision makers, 
go to a school board meeting and pray. Um, get to know your superintendent and your principal. Get in there and ask, how can we help? They need volunteers. They need tutors. They need all kinds of uh, school supplies in this time of, of great inflation. There's all kinds of things we can do as the church to love and support our schools. Kathy Branzell with the National Prayer Day of Prayer joining us here on Faith Radio on Mornings with Carmen. Kathy, uh, we, if we can take 60 seconds, would you quickly lead us in prayer for the coming school year? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you as your disciples. We are students always. And so, Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on our school campuses as it is in heaven. Lord, for homeschoolers, for private schools, for Christian schools, for public schools, for all students, teachers, Lord, for principals, for volunteers, for those in the media room, for those in the cafeteria, for everyone whose foot steps on a campus, Lord, we pray that they would experience your love, your presence, that you would pour, uh, put out a hedge of protection around them, Lord, that they would learn what you would have them learn, Lord, in order to uh, go in the way that you have designed and defined as the author of their days. Let them know that they are deeply loved, that they are your workmanship, that you never make a mistake. Lord, that they carry a purpose. They bear your image. Um, Lord, let them know their worth and that you are worthy of being their King of kings and Lord of lords. We pray for their salvation first and foremost every day. Remind us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's my prayer challenge. Every time you see a school bus and every time you go through a school zone, say a prayer for mm, a school. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks, Paul. Kathy Good Bren to talk to you. You too. Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer here on Faith Radio on Mornings with Carmen. Yes. Keep her teachers, keep her students, keep her schools in your prayers, especially as the school year gets underway. More with Mornings with Carmen in just a moment. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.